the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 888 367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. Tonight on Contending for the Faith, we are going to be talking about an important subject. We have been doing a trivia series, but tonight we are going to take or change gears rather, and we have two special guests in studio to talk about apologetics and its important and its importance to the church. And how can we use this information to not only equip the church, but also reach the community? Because we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight? Brother Jim, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Uh, We are always uh, committed to... Uh, the principles of apologetics. Um, Dr. Walter Martin one time said, apologetics is the handmaiden of evangelism. And that's so true. You know, oftentimes when we think about uh, theology, it's thinking about God. When we think about apologetics, it's defending for God. We think about hermeneutics, it's interpreting for God. And all of these different principles and evangelism is telling about God. Well, tonight we're going to kind of like explore the principles and the teachings of apologetics. And so we want to encourage you to uh, get your pens out and your papers and uh, be prepared to be equipped uh, because we know if we don't get equipped, we will get whipped by the enemy. So that's something very important for us to understand. Well, tonight, as Brother Jim said, we have two special guests in the studio. They are good friends of mine. They are my brothers from another mother, but we have the same Heavenly Father in the Lord, and uh, I'm so delighted to have uh, Adam Grossa and uh, also James Westbrook, and we're going to give them an opportunity to share a little bit about uh, who they are and what they do, and we're going to first of all start off with my brother uh, Adam, Dr. Adam Grossa, and we'll let him tell a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do. Well, thank you, Dr. Buckner. It's a real honor to be with you here on the program, and Jim, great to be with you, and always great to be with my good friend, uh, Pastor James Westbrook. Um, my name is Adam Groza. I'm a vice president at Gateway Seminary of the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, I'm a professor of philosophy. I have a PhD in philosophy of religion. Uh, my passion is the local church, and my, pastor, my passion is training people to be faithful gospel ministers. That's what we do at Gateway Seminary, and that's what brings me up to the, to the Bay Area this weekend as I've been teaching a class in apologetics. But in my free time, I uh, like to spend time with my wife and four kids. So that's a little bit of personal information about me. But um, I've had a passion for evangelism and philosophy and just thinking critically about the faith and employing reason 
uh, with sound theology uh, really since I became a Christian in college. So that's a little bit of my testimony and a little bit about where I'm at and some about my passion. Amen. And talk a little bit about the uh, conference at the seminary today, because I was a part of that as well. Yeah, it was it was great to have you. The students loved having you. It was a real treat for them and, and for me as well. Uh, what we did was we put on a, 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 a conference course over the course of two weekends uh, where we addressed um, 10 questions that every Christian needs to be able to answer. Uh, questions like, how do I know there's a God? Can I trust the Bible? Uh, did Jesus really rise from the dead? Are Christians just intolerant? Um, are all religions the same? Basically, what we want to do is equip people to share and defend the faith, because Christians are called to share the faith, and when you share the faith, people have objections. And when they have objections, we need to give defense. And that honors the Lord, and it's an expression of love for people that don't know Christ. And so it was a wonderful time that we had together these, those two weeks uh, two, two weekends, and it was great to have you with us and talking about the Trinity and, and some various cults as well. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. And uh, we also have Pastor Westbrook with us, and we're going to give him an opportunity to tell a little bit about himself and uh, what you do, my brother. Well, thanks uh, so much for having me on the show. Um, I'm a longtime fan of the of the show, so thank you all for what you're doing for the sake of the kingdom um, throughout the country, but particularly even here uh, in the West. Uh, my wife, uh, Desiree, and our two darling children, uh, along with our team, uh, we're planning a church uh, right here in um, in the Bay, and uh, and so uh, I'm just spend a couple of seconds on the why of that. When you look at the West, the West is the the last frontier, the last true frontier of our country, and uh, we are looking at roughly 95 percent lostness people that do not know uh, Jesus as Lord and friend, uh, people that are far from God. And uh, I uh, was born and raised in St. Louis and uh, growing up there, um, I I love home, but we felt called to the missions field. And uh, this is certainly uh, truly a missions field. And so um, uh, we're we're here now and we're going to be launching uh, prayerfully next uh, September, Uh, but there's a lot that goes in with that. And so I appreciate the prayers of everyone as we are engaging people that are are lost and um, and particularly as it pertains to apologetics, um, we're we're talking with people, real people, uh, that do not share the same presuppositions uh, uh, that I did uh, growing up. And, and which, uh, what that means is that I have to be sure that we have and my team is equipped to have a thinking faith uh, because people are thinking. Um, and we want to be prepared to answer real questions for real life uh, with the real God. Amen. Well, thank you, Brother James. appreciate that. And let's uh, uh, deal with uh, the subject matter uh, on a scriptorial level of apologetics. And uh, let me start off with you, Brother Adam. From a biblical perspective, uh, I've always known that the uh, apologetics is not an option. It's a command in Scripture. And what are some Scriptures that uh, brings forth those commands in terms of us uh, applying the principles uh, in our life from a biblical perspective? That's a great question. It's the ultimate question because we're people of the book, and we want to do things because God's Word commands us to do those things. Um, so that's a, that's a great question and a great place to start. Um, The first passage I would go to is Luke chapter 10, where Jesus tells us, he summarizes um, Deuteronomy 6 by saying that we are to love the Lord God with our heart, our soul, our strength, and our mind. So loving God with your mind means, as James said, that we have a thinking faith, that we have a faith in which we don't have to check our brains at the door. We bring our brains with us, body and soul. And so ultimately, apologetics is an expression of worship. 
The reason you study your faith to defend your faith is because you want to honor God with your mind. You want to take your thoughts captive. And so it's an expression of worship. It's not a pragmatic endeavor. It's not just about what it will accomplish, although God will use it to accomplish good things. It's ultimately about loving him with your mind. Um, I think one of the most important things about apologetics, one of the most uh, famous passages on the subject is First Peter 3.15, of course, where we're where we're told that we're to um, make a defense of the faith, that we're to be gracious, that we're to be gentle, but that we are to be able to answer the questions of those we come in contact with who disagree with us. And so if you are sharing the faith and not a truncated gospel, but the actual gospel, a call to repentance and faith of a dead and resurrected Savior who is fully God and fully man, if you are presenting that gospel, you're going to have objections. Jesus tells us uh, that, that they, if they hated me, they will hate you. Jesus told us that, that there would, in fact, be opposition. There would be wolves. And so as our Savior was persecuted and opposed, so too will we be when we present uh, the truth of the gospel. So we need to be ready for those objections. But also in Jude 1, we're told that we need to contend for the faith. And there's two things there. First, we need to be able to contend for the faith with those who disagree with the faith. But also, and probably the majority of our apologetic opportunities— are opportunities of contending for the faith, both in our own unbelief and regarding the unbelief of brothers and sisters who are struggling with their faith in times of uncertainty. And so oftentimes people think apologetics is just for those conversations with, you know, the, the, uh, the atheist or the anti-theist, the person who rejects any concept of God. But in reality, it's for the person in your Bible study who's struggling uh, with questions about the Bible. Or it's for the college student who comes home from college, having accepted Christ, who's dealing with some doubt. And so we do apologetics because the Bible commands us to do it, specifically ministers in First Timothy 3 and, and other places. A faithful minister is able to not only to present, but also defend the faith. Uh, because we are told that there will be false teachers, there will be false doctrine, there will be a time when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but want to have their ear, ears tickled. And so we need to train men and women to be faithful gospel ministers who will hold fast to the truth, sharing and defending the historic biblical doctrines of the faith. So well said. I really appreciate how you just really brought the mind into this thing from a biblical perspective and appreciate that. And Brother James, you want to yeah. add to that? Absolutely. Um, I, I think the, the why of uh, apologetics for uh, my team and myself as church planners, just really uh, engaging the world is, um, hey, for one, it's not just simply for uh, those that may be in academia. You know, some people may believe that they don't need as much apologetics because they don't plan on engaging people uh, from a, a school perspective or of professors or uh, Silicon Valley, but it's really for everyday people. It's for, for everyone um, this command to do so. And um, and what I look at is I'm looking at uh, this idea of apologetics is that people may know and worship God. They may know and worship him. And we see this even as early as Exodus 8.1 um, when, uh, when uh, Moses is uh, speaking to Pharaoh. He says, let my people go, uh, speaking on behalf of Yahweh, uh, that they may know me. He says, they may worship me. Knowing God, there's no knowing of God that is apart from knowing him. And, uh, well, what does it mean to worship, Lord? Uh, well, the instructions are coming. 
uh, and we get the instructions through the law, we get the instructions through the Ten Commandments, and we get the particulars of what it means to actually know God and to worship Him. Um, and there's an intimacy uh, that's associated with that. We see that in John uh, 17, 3, uh, when Jesus is praying to the Father, and all the way to uh, chapter 20, verse 21, what is eternal life uh, for this missional drive of us preaching the gospel, engaging the laws? What is eternal life? Uh, eternal life is equivalent to what knowing God, that they may know you. This is true eternal life. For for us, uh, we can't have proper missions apart from apologetics because apologetics, uh, as uh, Dr. Um, Groza said, is when you look at First Peter 3.15, you want to be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you and give a reason for the hope that you have. It's directly connected to this missional endeavor to say that, hey, I want to explain God to you properly, that you may properly understand who God is in Christ, who he is, why, that you may know him, truly know who he is, that it may result in worship. So th- uh, that's that's why we do apologetics, even as church. So well said, you know, and you think about passages such as Philippians chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul says, I'm set for the defense and confirmation of the gospel. And one of the greatest apologetic sermons ever given was uh, at Morris Hill, you know, when Paul uh, gave that great sermon there. Uh, Dr. Grossa, um, why is it, this is really a critical question too, why is it that there is a great failure in our churches to appreciate the importance of um, apologetics? And why isn't it being utilizing the churches and stuff like that, because we see so many conferences on a multitude of other things, you know, uh, but it seems to be little discussion or if not any discussion on the principles of apologetics. And so why is that? Well, I think part of it, the failure of apologetics relates to the failure of evangelism. I think we just have fewer people being baptized because we have fewer people hearing the gospel and responding in faith. Um, I think that's the first reason. Um, I think the second reason is that we've bought into the lie that we're going to spread the kingdom through um, catering to felt needs. And in the reality is we have to preach the gospel and call men and women to repentance and faith. Mm-hmm. So well said. We'll come back uh, from the commercial break and talk a little bit more about that question. And then we'll open it up for some uh, callers So, because that's a critical question. Brother Jim. I got to tell you, I'm just intimidated to be in the room with you three with <laughs> Pastors, teachers, with all those letters after your name, it's very, it's very impressive. <laughs> well, I know that you, uh, listening audience out there, probably got to have many, many questions for these three. So please do give us a call, and we'd like to hear from you after this break. Back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark. I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, Dr. Adam Groza, and Pastor James Westbrook. And we are talking about apologetics. But before we get back into that, I just want to remind everybody that this is a listener-supported program and that we do uh, covet your support. And you can support us in many different ways. uh, and And no amount is too small. I just want to point that out. But if you are interested in supporting the program, you can uh, you can go on to our website, contendingfaith.org, and there's a donate button on there you can click. That will give you all the information that you need. But if you're want to send it or if you want to send a check to us, you can send it to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. I'll tell you that again. That's P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. We also want to thank those that have given this uh, over the, the last 
few weeks, and uh, we do sincerely appreciate those gifts that come to us because that's what enables us to stay on the air. And uh, especially we're doing programs like tonight. We're so excited about to have uh, all these schooled and educational gentlemen here in the studio. I'm just like, I'm in awe of these guys. This is awesome, Dr. Buckner. Amen. <laughs> I would agree with that wholeheartedly. So we appreciate them being with us. And uh, we were talking about this issue of why isn't people interested in apologetics? You know, we see conferences on everything, uh, you know, but when it comes to this subject matter of apologetics, why uh, isn't there a great interest in this, uh, Pastor? Well, I couldn't agree more with Dr. Groza. Uh, I think that uh, the lack of evangelism has a huge uh, part to play in that. Uh, but when you look at First Peter uh, 3.15, uh, you can't escape the work of, a, of, a, of an apologist or the works of apologetics if you are actually actively engaging with sharing your faith in making sure that you're prepared uh, to do such uh, as the, the Scripture instructs. Um, but also the second thing uh, where you have a lack of evangelism, excuse me, the second one will be the uh, professionalization of Christianity. And when you have the turn of the century in the, uh, the 20th century, uh, what you have is you have uh, – Christianity be kind of uh, being divided up, and if you are a missionary, then you get a degree in, in missions, and you don't worry about the other part. Uh, pastors do this, apologists do that, and uh, what we what we've done is we've kind of severed um, Christianity, um, and we kind of professionalized it. And this text in First Peter three fifteen, this this is everyday people, and when you uh, when we do our homework on who Peter is actually talking to, he's talking to mostly uneducated people people that were persecuted, uh, people that were marginalized because of their faith. And he's telling these everyday people, I want you to be prepared to give an answer. And, uh, and, so, and so that means that the, the, the onus is on us. We have to make sure that we're doing uh, the work, and it has to come out of intimacy, love of God, desire to know God, where it's not just simply the head, but it's the heart. And the heart uh, in understanding God, it comes from this overflow of desire to want to know God and want to make sure that we're, uh, we're explaining these things accurately. Mm-hmm. So well said. And I just want to add to what you guys are saying, too, with the principles of evangelism, some of the things you said. Uh, one additional thing I would add to that, and we were talked about this when we were having dinner, is that I think just the lack of people being discipled, you know, and this is what Jesus did. He spent uh, three and a half years with these men and discipling them. And the thing that's so interesting about the disciples is that they were discipled by John the Baptist before they were discipled by Jesus Christ. And when they had those two combinations, these guys really started becoming sharp in the things of God. I think this is the injustice in churches today. We have failed to disciple people. The word Christian is mentioned three times in the Bible. The word disciple is mentioned 269 times. What does that tell you? <laughs> it tells you mm-hmm. we need to be discipling people. And, and if we don't do that, you know, we're going to do an injustice and we're going to cause people to be biblically illiterate. And so we got to stay on top of the discipleship as well. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to our callers and uh, let's go to Brother Rick. Uh, Brother Rick, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. All right, good to hear from you. doing? Yeah, everybody's doing well. Good to hear from you tonight. How, uh, how are you doing? I am blessed. I got news I'm going to be going home from the uh, facility on Monday and continue my therapy of recovery. 
and everything else like that. So uh, that's going on. Very good. I know that, I know that Dr. Grosen and James are uh, not uh, on, uh, not up on it, but uh, I just want to mention we have, we have a twenty plus year relationship, and uh, we're going to relate that tonight to the question I'm going to ask. And, and we're, we're praying for you, Rick. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. I, and the, que- the question I want to ask, uh, I mean, when, when I engage people through our churches, what are, what are the fears that, are, that is going on from your experience? And I'll share some of my experience, too, mm-hmm. around, uh, you know, engaging in apologetics. Mm-hmm. And also I want to ask, what are the benefits? of learning and applying apologetics. Mm-hmm. I just want to open up the floor to everybody uh, to share on that. All righty. Well, let's uh, go to Dr. Grosa. He's asking two questions, and uh, what are the fears of going into apologetics, and what are the benefits if we do go into it? Well, Rick, we will be praying for you, and thanks for the call. It's a great question. Um, the first fear that comes to my mind is um, – a fear that you won't know the answer to a question that you're asked. I think a lot of people are intimidated to share their faith because they anticipate a question that they will get that they don't know how to answer. And um, one of the most important uh, phrases that you can learn uh, to become an apologist is the phrase, I don't know. Uh, It's honest, and none of us know the answers to all the questions. We can't possibly anticipate every question that we'll get. And so you have to be humble. That's one of the things Peter talks about. And so with humility, sharing the gospel, defending the faith, means that sometimes you won't know the answer to the question. And also, that fear is predicated upon a false understanding of how people get saved. Rick, never forget, people get saved because God's Spirit grants faith and repentance. It's not a work of the flesh, not of the will of man, the will of the flesh, but is the will of God. And so when you share the gospel, when you rely on God's ability to do what only God can do, he that sows is nothing, he that reaps is nothing, it's God that provides the increase. That gives you a supernatural confidence to share the gospel, answer what you can answer, grow where you need to grow. And I think that is a recipe for overcoming fears. In terms of benefits, I'll give you one and then I'll turn it over uh, perhaps to Pastor Westbrook for, for more. But the, the number one benefit of sharing and defending the faith in my mind is joy. Because when we share the faith and defend the faith, we're reminded of how glorious the gospel is. We're reminded of the beauty of Christ. We're reminded of uh, the joy that it is to know God and to be known by God in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the joy is ours. And that's why the more I share the faith and have opportunities to defend it, um, it's like anything else. Your, your, your emotions often follow your obedience. And a lot of times people don't share the gospel because they don't feel like it. Well, if you do it, you'll find that joy follows. Amen. So well said. Thank you. Uh, Pastor Westbrook. I don't have much to add to that. Um, um, but I, I, am, I, am, I think the fear is that I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, that somehow the way I engage or the way I answer this is going to result in this person uh, and where they're going to spend eternity at. Mm-hmm. And so the full weight of that rests on people. And, and that's not exactly what what Jesus is inviting us into. Don't forget, uh, he's inviting us into rest, and uh, he's inviting us to uh, a load that is light and not heavy. Um, um, but I, I think that we should be humbled by the fact that Paul— uh, in the New Testament, he gives this 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 unique prayer request, and he says that 
I'm going to ask you to pray for me that I will have the words to say when it's time to share my faith. And so you have Paul that he's not a super Christian in terms of he has everything figured out. Uh, This is a person that says that, listen, um, I can't predict every single conversation. I know we would like to, uh, but he says that, listen, what I need, since this is an act of the Spirit, I need to know what to say um, when the time is right. And I think it's pride often that keeps us from sharing our faiths because we believe that it all rests on us and not the Spirit. Um, and so we are called to sow the seed, but it's the Spirit that provides the um, the, um, the increase. Um, but also, I would say that the, the primary benefit that, uh, that I see, one of the primary benefits, is missional confidence. The more we engage uh, in, in sharing our faiths and uh, providing an answer for why we believe— um, I think often we try to get people to to have reasons um, for them and and try to uh, provide uh, content for every single thing uh, in their lives. And it says, listen, I'm going to do the best I can to answer the questions that you have. When you don't know, you don't know. I Can I follow up with you regarding this? Can we have a, a follow-up conversation? But here's why I have First Peter 3.15. This is what it's saying. Give the reason that you have uh, or for the hope that you that you have. But the more you do it, you have missional confidence that increases, that allows you, or that it just simply encourages you to do it more and more and more. Um, so I think the very thing that keeps us from doing it, the fear, keeps us from having that confidence to do it more. Hey, man, so well said uh, coming from both of you. And I think Jim wanted to add to this as well. Yes, I'd like to expand on what Rick was talking about, especially in terms of the fear of, uh, of, not, of a, not using apologetics. As a layman, uh, if I could... I, I was raised in a sort of a nominal Catholic upbringing, maternally led. You know, it's fairly typical from what I've seen. My dad was not the spiritual leader in the house. We didn't do really any uh, Bible reading. There was a lot of religiosity, but there wasn't anything. And so when I went off to college, uh, I walked away from it completely, completely. And and I uh, was seduced by the college atmosphere and so on. My sister, uh, she grew up very sort of distant, spiritually speaking, and uh, she got married and then moved down to Southern California, and she was uh, easy prey for the cultists. And the Jehovah's Witnesses came in, and boom. So uh, I see it as a, you know, the, the whole uh, idea of not bringing your children up and teaching them about the Bible, teaching them what the Word says as being, you know, uh, you might as well be leading them astray. Uh, they, they need to get that, that foundation from their parents. How would you two respond to something like that? Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you this from my own, from my own experience. I mean, God God worked with me worked with me for forty one years before I came to Christ, and it was it was it was one of the, I was the most Jewish member of my family, and it was it was quite a cha- it was quite a change. It felt it felt uh, it felt like I betrayed my family, but the more the more I looked at it, I realized that uh, you know what I did was a matter of faith, and what really caused the change in me was not uh, not anything. I mean, God God used everything, but it was always the power of the Holy Spirit that was behind every everything that happened to me. Well, your story, Rick, is very, I mean, to me, I, I've, and I've heard your story before, it's very profound because of what God did in your life growing up Jewish and then and, and, and recognizing who Jesus is later on in life. 
what I was specifically referring to was that lack of, of apologetic, that lack of, of scriptural upbringing and, and how detrimental it can be to, because the questions are completely unanswered. You're, you're totally a victim to what the culture says. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I would say uh, I, I, like many people, grew up in a church that had a great youth group, a, a rock and band, um, fun parties, and uh, a lot of things that were aimed at my flesh, but very little that had the power to penetrate my heart, which is the Word of God. And so for me, conversion in my life and also in my mother's life, who was raised Catholic, and in many other people's life. Just just two weeks ago, I had lunch with a gentleman who was saved while he was on a Mormon mission trip. His bike was broken down on the side of the road. A friend of mine pulled over and said, hey, can I help you with your bike? Invited him into his house, shared the gospel. The guy rejected the gospel. Fourteen years later, the seed of the gospel that was planted on the side of the road came to fruition. That's the power of the word. We need to train men and women to know the word, share the word, defend the word, and trust the power of God in the proclamation of the word. That's what Paul tells us in Romans 1. He tells us that I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And so the power of God unto salvation is not in our intellectual prowess. It is not in our ability to take away the rough edges of the gospel and make it um, uh, make it easy to, to, to the unbeliever to hear. It's in our ability to lovingly, humbly, respectfully communicate it and watch God do his thing. Amen. So well said. Because, you know, one of the things that's so important, and you were talking, Dr. Grills, about, uh, you know, the benefits of sharing, uh, you know, apologetics, and there's a joy that come out of that. And that's so true because you experience that uh, unspeakable joy. And to add to that is, to add to that joy is a joy of seeing somebody else come to know the Lord. Amen. Because you're sharing that and you're experiencing a, a, an individual joy, but you also experience a collective joy in the sense that you, you, you've planted the seed. God's, God's promise, he doesn't fail on his promise. He says, mm-hmm. one planet, another water, and God gives the increase. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share this now before we go to a commercial break. Uh, Dr. Martin, you know, was one of the greatest apologists, and he was my mentor, teacher, and he shared a story with us about Ted Dencher. Here's a guy that was in the Watchtower and Bible Tract Society for over 30 years. And um, Walter Martin gave him uh, some scriptures uh, in the Hebrews chapter 1, I believe, verse 6, where it talks about, uh, you know, Jesus Christ. He commandeth all the angels of God to worship him. Mm-hmm. And then he shared with him uh, Matthew 4 and Luke 4, where it says that Jesus said the only one to worship is uh, God. So he put those two together and shared it with Ted Dencher, and he really got convicted by that and wrote a book of why 30 years in the Washington and why it came out. God, you know, when you plant that seed and you water it, God always gives that mm-hmm. increase. We can lean on that because it says in Isaiah 55, if my word goes forth, it will not return to me void, mm-hmm. but it will prosper wherein I send it. So thank you guys for sharing that. So we, we're right before a commercial break again, aren't we? Okay, let's yes, go to it this. Is. Yes, it and, is. Uh, we're hold gonna... on, Rick. We're going to have some prayer with you before uh, you go. Okay. Well, let's we're going to take a break so our sponsors can better serve you. When we come back, we'd like to hear from you. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark. I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, Dr. Adam Groza, and Pastor James Westbrook. And we are talking about apologetics, also talking to our callers. But before we get back to the callers, 
Dr. Buckner is always busy. He's busy <laughs> teaching again, and he's teaching a class at Grace Bible Church in Fremont. That'll be on October 7th and 14th. So it's the Sunday, October 7th, and the next Sunday, October 14th. It will be parts one and two about spiritual warfare. And that's an awesome topic that is so pertinent to today. And that, is, that teaching happens at 1030 in the morning. Is that correct, Dr. Buckner? Yes, sir. 1030. At 1030 in the morning. I want to encourage people to put it on your calendar and come out and uh, fellowship with us and be blessed because if— uh, you know, if you don't get equipped, you can get whipped by the enemy. And we wonder why so many people are living defeated lives. And it's the reason why we don't understand spiritual warfare and how to defend ourselves from a biblical perspective. Thank you. Appreciate that, Jim. And we are going to go back to Brother Rick. And you still there, Rick? Uh, yes, I am. I had a little spiritual warfare with the phone. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad it worked out for you. Uh, we're going to have a moment of prayer for you, and we're going to have uh, Brother Jim to pray for you. Uh, you have any specific prayer requests? Uh, prayer that I'm able to uh, prayer that I'm able to go through the therapy, get back to walking, get used to a prosthesis, and uh, actually, and also get back on the saddle with the ministry. Amen. For those who don't know. Uh, Rick has been with me in the ministry for about almost 20 years. He's a Jewish brother that came to know the Lord. And uh, the Lord used me to mentor him and disciple him. And Rick is very much on the ball when it comes to the Bible and Christ and apologetics. And he also, uh, before Brother Manning, uh, was our phone counselor, and he mentored Brother Manning. So uh, Jim and I, we go back with Rick, and he's a beautiful brother in the Lord. We want everybody to pray for him around his, uh, you know, Parkinson and diabetes, and he just had an amputation and getting ready to get a prosthesis for his uh, leg. So keep him in your prayers, and and why don't you lift my brother up, Brother Jim? Absolutely. Father in heaven, we, uh, we pray for our brother Rick. We love him, Lord. He's a member of our team and Lord, we uh, we know that he's been sick and has had uh, uh, amputations, and now has to go through therapy. Lord, Father, we just pray that you would enable him to be able to, with his prosthesis, to walk again successfully, Lord, and get around. And Father, we pray that you would uh, just advance his health, that he could get back into the ministry. We know he always loves serving you, Lord, and we pray that uh, that he once again can be uh, so effective that he wants to be in serving you. Lord, we thank you for our brother Rick. Lord, we pray for healing. We pray for you to encourage him. And I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim. Thank you, Brother Rick, for your call. Thank God bless. All right. God bless you. Well, we um, have Cece online. And how are you doing, Cece? Cece, are you there? I don't think he's there. Uh, yes, uh, yes, I am. All right. Uh, thank you for calling in. And uh, what's on your heart tonight? Uh, great show, by the way. Um, I want to um, ask you a question in Revelation 3.15. Okay. Why don't you read that, and I'm going to let uh, Dr. Uh, Grossa answer that, as well as uh, Brother Pastor Westbrook, if he has some comment around it as well. So why don't you read that for those who may not have their Bibles, and then uh, we'll have uh, a response to that. No problem. It says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were 
cold nor hot. And this is the reason of the word. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Grosser. Uh, well, Cece, thanks for the call. It's a great question. This is one of those passages that many know and few understand. Um, well, I'm looking at the passage, Cece, and um, we have these three categories. We have hot, we have cold, and we have lukewarm. So let's take those one at a time. Um, in Romans 12:11, we're told to be fervent in the faith, boiling in the faith, hot in the faith. And so there is one category of individuals that is committed to Christ and walking with Christ, and these people are fervent. These people are hot. And then you have people that are cold. These are people that there is no pretense of faith, no phony Christianity. This is not cultural Christianity. These are people that don't believe, they know they don't believe, and they don't claim to believe. They are cold. So you have hot, fervent faith. You have cold honesty about unbelief. And the text says, better to be hot or cold than to be lukewarm. So what does it mean to be lukewarm? Well, um, applying the principle that Scripture interprets Scripture in the context, CC, in verse 17, it says, these people who are lukewarm say, I am rich, say, I have prospered. They say, I need nothing, not realizing that they are wretched. And so, CC, I think the key to understanding this passage is that people who are lukewarm, these are people in the most dangerous and perilous of all circumstances. They think they're saved, but they're not. And CC, you don't go to the doctor unless you have a symptom and you know you're sick. One of the most dangerous situations to be in in life is to be sick and not know you're sick. The lukewarm person thinks they know Christ, and yet they're walking in unbelief. The lukewarm person says with their lips, Jesus is my Lord, but they deny him with their life. These are the people to whom Jesus one day says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I do not know you. And so this passage is commanding us, is challenging us. That be, we're to take an honest assessment of where we're at with Christ. Is our life matching our profession? Are we fervent? Or are we honest about the fact that we live lives that deny Christ and we don't know him? Well, if we're at least honest about that, then we can repent. But someone who thinks they're saved will never repent. This is the danger of the unpardonable sin. The unpardonable sin is you won't ever repent if you don't think you know if you think you don't need repentance if you've lost the horizon of faith you don't know what's up or down you are as nietzsche says spinning out of control like a madman mm. so well said so mm-hmm. well said and Pastor Westbrook, you want to and, add to and that? I'll just add uh, something uh, just small to that. Uh, it's so well said. Uh, when we look at the church at um, the Church of uh, Laodicea, and you look at this region of uh, the world, um, you also have something very natural here that helps us to understand this text. And uh, they had uh, very hot springs of water, and they also had very cold springs of water. And uh, then you have this in-between thing, which is good for nothing. Uh, you could, um, you know, so you could use hot water. Um, you can also use cold water, um, uh, but you can't do anything with lukewarm water. Um, and to, when you talk when you talk about the everyday uses in the uh, in the uh, world of antiquity or the ancient world, um, and I, I I love what uh, Dr. Groza s- says here. I think this is one of the uh, best passages uh, for people to discern uh, whether or not or test their faith uh, to see am I believing this? Mm-hmm. And uh, you see it in Galatians chapter six, uh, where you uh, where Paul is going to make an argument that what. Um, if you sow uh, uh, seeds of destruction, then that's what you're going to reap. Uh, if you want to know if you, whether or not you're in the faith, um, and and likewise for righteousness, uh, and so I think that there's even a hint of apathy here. 
If a person is living their life professing to be Christian, um, like this church uh, had done, and this is part of the accusation against this church uh, that John is writing here, um, and, and, but your life doesn't show it. Your life doesn't reveal uh, or live up to this confession of living a life of repentance, coming to the end of yourself, having poverty of spirit, seeing your desperate need of the cross, in communion with the Father through Christ. If that's not your 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 life or your rhythm of life, uh, then then uh, you're you're probably in this lukewarm period uh, or, or lukewarm space that's being described here, and uh, that is one of the saddest things in the world is to be self deceived. Uh, that you believe that you're a believer, but you're not, as Dr. Groves said. Hmm. Well, I can tell you that uh, this particular verse is something that's very important to me because it's one that I say to my coffee in the morning. Would that you be hot or cold, but if you are lukewarm, I will spew thee from my mouth. And I'll tell you, it, the analogy holds true for the people that we witness to, doesn't it? Amen. Because Amen. we don't want to talk to people that are lukewarm. Right. I mean, they're, they're, it's like trying to nail jello to the wall. That's right. Uh, it's much more fun and much more encouraging to talk to people that are fully on fire for the Lord or people that even, even those, uh, the, the, the new atheists, you know, that are, yeah. that are sort of in your face. Mm. We love to talk to them, right? It's, uh, but talking to somebody who's, I don't care, you know, th- that, mm. that's what I consider lukewarm. Yeah. Right. Right. So good. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. So well said. You know, there are three types of people in the church today. <laughs> There are the first type of person in the church today is those who watch things happen. Uh, they have a degree, uh, a bachelor's degree in watchology. They have a uh, master's in observology and a PhD in lookology. And then there is a second group, those who don't care if anything happens. Hmm. That's the second group. And then the third group is those who make things happen. And uh, when we talk about the lukewarm person, they just don't care if anything happens. You know, it's that type of group. And I appreciate what these brothers are saying. And I appreciate what you said, Dr. Gross, about, you know, in that last day, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this and that? And he will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. That's a sad day. But you have enough time to repent right now before Mm -hmm. it's too late. I always lay out uh, three different R's. That is very important for those who are listening tonight. You can apply these three R's. I did it at a funeral one time, and one pastor got up and he said, oh, glory, hallelujah. I just love that, Dr. Buckner. The first R is that we need to recognize that we are sinners. You know, we need to recognize that we are sinners. Uh, Romans 3 and 23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It also tells us in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm-hmm. The second R is, is that we got to uh, not only realize that we're a sinner, number one, but we got to recognize that we need uh, a, and well, the second one is uh, we need to repent. That's the second one. We need to repent. So the first R is recognize that we're a sinner. The second R is repent, and that comes from the Greek word montanoia, which means to turn from something to something. And then the third R is receive. We need to receive him as our personal Lord and Savior. So Amen. those are three R's that we want you to ponder on. Recognize, number one, that you're a sinner. The second R, repent. The third R is receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible talks about whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
And it says in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A lot of times people have often said to me, Dr. Buckner, how do you get so good at scriptural memorization? I tell them that it's not about my ability. It's about my availability. Mm. And it's all about the fact of these two M's. Meditation always leads to memorization. We got to meditate day and night on God's word. We got to get into the word of God and let the word get into us. Uh, CC, we just thank you so much for your uh, your call and your question. Hopefully, that helped to answer your your uh, question. I really appreciate that. I didn't expect to get that much information. You know, wow! I really appreciate it. Well, hey, man. Well, we we don't bring on our program people that's going to feed your bones. There's three we're going times to more brains you. in the studio tonight, CC. There you go. We're going to bring in people that's going to feed you spiritual sirloin steak. Yeah. <laughs> amen. That's what we're Sounds going to do. Sounds good. Uh, amen. <laughs> I'm getting hungry just talking about it. <laughs> um, but the, the, so much uh, for all of the calls, and we appreciate your calls, and thank you, CC, for your call. We'll get your prayer next time because we're almost out of time. I want to give these gentlemen enough time to... Um, you know, share some information about how to contact them. So God bless you, CC, and we look forward to talking to you more about some things next week. Oh, no problem, man. Thank you, guys. All you guys at the studio. Praise you. Praise bless the Lord. You, I really appreciate you guys. You're God welcome. Bless you, God, bless you. Thank you, God bless you. So, my brothers, thank you so much for doing such a fine job in the Lord. Uh, God has really used both of you tonight, and uh, uh, I'm just listening to you. I'm getting... I've got these spiritual goosebumps on me that's really blessed my heart. So uh, we can start off with you, uh, Brother Westbrook. Tell uh, the listening audience how the best way to contact you if they want further information or want to connect with you on your ministry, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, thank you so much again, once again, for this opportunity. Um, So we're going to be planning our church, uh, and prayerfully we're going to be planning several churches in the Bay Area, but particularly we're planning this church in Oakland, uh, California. Uh, You can go to our website at realmfellowship.org. That is uh, R-E-A-L-M, realmfellowship.org. If you want to reach out uh, to us via email, you can reach me at um, oaklandprojectwestbrook at Gmail. Once again, that's Oakland Project Westbrook at gmail.com. Would love to talk with you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. And Dr. Russell, what's the best way for people to contact you? Well, people can go to the website at Gateway Seminary, which is gs.edu. gs.edu. That's gatewayseminary.edu. Um, any of the answers I've given tonight, I have in my brain because somebody taught me. And that's what Gateway Seminary does. We train people for faithful gospel ministry. We shape leaders who expand God's kingdom around the world. I'm going to be preaching tomorrow at Berkeley Crossroads Baptist Church. Um, and so if you don't have a place to worship where you're going to faithfully hear God's word, uh, come and join us tomorrow. Um, you can check out, you can Google Berkeley Crossroads Baptist Church, find out the location and the times. We'd love to see you there. Uh, always an honor to be with you, Dr. Buckner. I always enjoy our time together. I appreciate you, Jen. Appreciate you, Brother Westbrook. Thank you so much, brothers. This has been a blessing, and this is just the beginning of something great that we're going to be doing in the future. Uh, Next time you come in town, be sure to let me know, and we'll get your brothers in again so uh, we can get blessed by you and the listening audience get blessed by you too. Jim, do you want to say something? How many more minutes we have? Uh, About uh, two more minutes. Why don't we turn it over to you? 
and let you knock a home run in the name of Jesus. Can oh you do boy, that? Boy, I just want to—I I wanted to tell you that I really do appreciate these two gentlemen being here in the yes. studio with us tonight, and I've learned a lot just listening to them talk. I'm just thrilled about uh, James. Your your the churches that you're going to be planting in the Bay Area here. Lord, we need more Bible teaching, Bible believing churches. Amen. And uh, and the fact that you're going to be uh, planting one up there in Oakland is just is really awesome. Amen. I'm. I think I'm going to have to break away some time and go up there and visit it. Amen. We'd love to have you. (laughs) All right. Well, we have come to the end of another exciting broadcast, and we would like to thank, um, well, Vince is not here tonight, but Jeremy is, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. It's important to us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. You can also reach Dr. Buckner by phone at 415-721-1778. Also, if you have friends or relatives outside of the broadcast area, encourage them to listen to Contending for the Faith online at kfax.com. If you are interested in receiving a copy of tonight's program or any of our broadcasts, Give us a call at 415-721-1778. As a matter of fact, in case you didn't know, this program is podcasted. So if you search on your, on your podcast uh, uh, catcher, you will find Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. That's a great way to keep up on the program. So please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 